Welcome back to another episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization, where the wired, the tired, and technology converged. I'm really pleased today to have, as a guest on the show, uh, Mike Haberman. Mike, I, I don't even know how long ago we met. It might be 15 years ago. I think it was a, a workshop or so down in, uh, in Atlanta. You know, we, we've constantly been in contact and uh, love what you write and what you do. And so welcome to the show, Mike. Well, thank you, Ira. I'm glad to be here. And I think it was about 15 years ago, which makes us old. <laughs> long, yeah, old. Are, are and, we, we're but, we're, but, we're, but we're long, tired long and term, wired, right? <laughs> yeah, long-term friends, too. And, and yeah. you know, I think we have a mutual admiration with each other's work because we, we read it and comment on it fairly frequently. So uh, uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's all part of that sharing experience, right? So, right. And your company um, is Omega HR Solutions, correct? That's correct. So I've, I've got a question for you. I mean, just to kind of start off the discussion here, because you and I have had some other discussions, email and otherwise. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you, where would you put the state of talent management today? <laughs> I would actually probably that, put it in, <laughs> in, in a state of confusion. Um, okay. you know, and, well, I you know, I, I, yeah, well, uh, you know, and, and the reason I say that is the fact that, um, if you read a lot of the literature, uh, and a lot of the, the, the writers on it, I don't really know if there is a common definition of talent management. You say that, and you say that to an HR person, uh, or a recruiter, and they have their mental model of what talent management is, but it may not necessarily be the same talent or your same mental model that somebody else has. And even within an individual department, if they haven't had that discussion, then it's very likely they're operating off of two different models. And from HR to recruiting to management, you can have a very different even you know within the same company, you can have a very different view of what talent management means. For some people, talent management means that we have we get an, an we have an annual review process that we've got to make sure it gets done and we get that paperwork in the file. For uh, somebody who is a recruiter or today who calls themselves a talent manager, um, you know, to them it is finding the most talented person, meaning the one most capable of doing the job that they're being recruited for, uh, you know, over somebody else and getting that person first before you, you get them. And to a manager, talent management is going to mean that I'm getting the productivity out of this employee that I want them to have and that I expect to have. And uh, so it's it's gonna you know you've got to come up with a common definition of, of talent management. So I I think it's somewhat in a state of confusion. There are questions about whether we should be calling it talent management. You know, do you call everybody talent? Well, if everybody is talent, then you know, uh, you know, how do you distinguish between the levels of of talent? Uh, I read somebody else that said only your best people, only those superstars should be called talent. It's just like, you know, take a look at a movie set. Is everybody in that movie the talent or is it 
you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, are they the talent? And everybody else is the journeyman that fills in and performs other roles. They may do it very well, but does that really make them talent? So I, I think there's, like I said, a fair amount of confusion and a fair amount of flux in, uh, you know, in what that definition of talent is. You also raised like a whole boatload of questions here, uh, which is no <laughs> surprise. Uh, so maybe my 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 next question, or the question I should ask, is where should where should talent management be? But the problem that I have, and that's sort of how this my whole email to say, hey, do you want to be on the show? Started is. I think you've been in the business a little longer than I have, but you know, if you go back, I mean, it started with personnel, then it became human resources, and then they talked about right. human capital management, and then it's talent management, and now, you know, good. Uh, uh, I know we both respect, you know, colleague of ours, Josh Burson. Now he's saying no, it's people management, and I proposed the other day, is it talent stewardship, because the sense of managing people, I mean, that's that's what we're trying to do. But the whole concept of that is almost old school. It's almost industrial that it's beyond trying to manage whether they're talented or not, but it's, it's, it's beyond the scope of just management. So it was like at least stewardship seemed to encompass a respect for all the assets that they brought and all the characteristics that somebody brought together and even further than that, um, and again, somewhere that came up with the idea that I read, was do robots and drones fall under the umbrella, again, we don't know what the name is, but of, let's say, human resources in the future? Because one is the robots and the drones are going to replace some people. They're going to replace yeah. humans. They are already. Yeah. But in order to work efficiently and productively, you need humans. You need humans with more skill, but you need humans. I mean, it's not all going to be machine operated yet. Um, so, but under that umbrella is, is, you know, you know, what is it? I mean, this talent become this broad concept and we're really just stewards of that. So um, I've been struggling with that. So I guess it's, you know, what should it be called or where does it go? What does it look like? And you started to hit on that before. Yeah. Well, you know, to, to me, the, the term stewardship implies, uh, to, to me, like guardianship. Um, not necessarily that you're managing the process, but you're making sure that the process is taken care of. The people within the process are taken care of. We're, we're adding robots into that, but the robots get get taken care of, that people don't get abused. So, I, you know, to, to me, that's what the term stewardship Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, that's, that would be my, yeah. Yeah, so um, to me, there, there in, in talent management, there are various components to it. You know, I, I talked about that a little bit earlier. HR has a vision of what talent management is. Recruiting has a different vision. Management has a different recruiting or a different vision. But the fourth component in there is that, that the individual, the employee, has a different vision of what talent management is. And, and, and I think if what 
some companies are, are trying to move to with some of the new generations is is giving them more responsibility for managing their careers. Um, so does does that become another component of talent management? Are they responsible for uh, developing and and promoting and uh, moving their their own personal talent along? Does that does that then become a component in in that mix of what talent management is all about? Uh, you know, uh, it's one way of looking at it. So. Yeah, and I guess part of that is, and and you know, I know you follow the you know the futurist thinking, you know, quite a bit. Is are we trying to just put a new name to an old function? So you know, whether it's a talent manager officer or capital, you know, uh, a chief human resources office officer or chief people officer, um, is it just new titles and old function? And maybe. We need to realize the function. So when you were talking earlier, I'm thinking, okay, talent management seems to be more about recruitment and retention and performance. But does that mean that this compliance fit somewhere else? Is that, is that another task? Is that finance? But then it also becomes we have all these silos that don't cooperate, and the new organization is really teams. So you have a team of people that that includes somebody on finance and it includes somebody in compliance and somebody on recruiting and and somebody on leadership, um, you know, and it's all those elements. But I guess then it comes back to okay, we have this team of people that have all these functions that help us have the best outcome possible. But what's the name of the team? Yeah, it's um, you know. You mentioned the word people, and ultimately that's what it comes down to. And I agree with you is that, you know, the whole human resources profession and management profession to an extent as well, you know, we we like to create new names for things. HR uh, is is notorious for that. It used to be personnel, and that was too impersonal. And then we went to human resources, and then we went to human resources capital, and and people thought that was too impersonal. So we then went to talent, and then talent management. And today people are saying that's impersonal too. Not everybody can be talent, but everybody is a person. So you're now seeing shifts in in uh, you know HR departments. Uh, you know you don't have an HR department. You have a department of, of people services, or you have a Department of Person Concerns, or you know, there are all kinds of different titles out there, and um, you know, I, I think we need to remember that ultimately it comes down to you do have an individual living person um, that that is in that function. Uh, some of them may be better than others, uh, and maybe that's where the concept of, of talent comes from. But that doesn't mean that you can't take the person that is not performing well and, and make them a better performer through training and and uh, lessons and coaching and all those other kinds of things. So, you know, I, I think that's one of the quandaries that, that the profession of human resources is, is trying to deal with. And I think that's why we've seen this change of terminology. But ultimately, it comes down to whether you're personnel, whether you're HR, whether you're talent, you're dealing with with real people, and uh, you know uh, how you you know 
land on a term and <laughs> and 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 stick with it because you can define that term for however you want it to be in your organization and as long as everybody understands it they're they're all you know reading off the same page so I don't, you know, that's, so, I mean, I, and I think you agree. I mean, we're both struggling with it. So, you know, let's say yeah. we come up with X. Uh, we, we, we call it X or maybe a kinder letter, you know, like A. Uh, but whatever we call it is what's it look like underneath there? Uh, what do we, you know, again, I throw out the concept that it's cross-functional. And, you know, for years, it's the, the, the challenge and the complaint has been that HR doesn't have a seat at the table. You know, right. and and some organizations, large organizations, it, some of them have corrected it, some of them haven't. Um, so you have a CEO and a COO and a CIO and the CFO, and then there's HR. And even if they gave them the title, they, they're not on that inner circle, and they still have to get things through finance. And I know some organizations even put the CFO or hired people with a, an MBA and made them head of HR. Uh, yeah. But beyond that, um, there's all these different components. I mean, we do have compliance and, you know, recruiting is a full-time job in itself these days, as is retention, as is performance. Um, so, and, and then you have technology coming on board, not necessarily technology that improves productivity within HR, but that replaces many of the, the jobs that used to be in HR and the people that they used to be managing. Well, so what, what's the ultimate big picture? Yeah, well, you mentioned a team, and I and I think that's today what, what the new business model has to be is you, you've got to have a coordinated effort. No one individual can understand all those components, but no business can operate without having all of those components uh, involved. You know, companies get sued not by the actions of their IT department or not by the actions typically of their finance department, uh, even not by their actions of the HR department, they get sued by the actions of the supervisors who are interacting with employees. And you've got to have people who understand that environment. And that's, you know, everybody says, let's get rid of HR. We'll just have lawyers do it. You can't. You know, it, it's, you know, to me, HR, the employee relations people, are the feet on on the street that are helping um, referee those those interactions between employees and supervisors, making sure the supervisors understand what they're supposed to be doing. But you know, you need the IT, you need the finance, you need the the you need the supervisory team. I, you know, so I, I I think it's it more and more and more it has to be a team. You, you read more and more articles that said, you know, if you're in HR, two of your best friends in your company should be um, the IT manager and the finance manager. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you're going to get you're going to get more stuff done if you are if you have those two people on your side, you know, and subsequently if you can't get them on your side, you're going to have roadblocks thrown up in front of you. Uh, and I know unfortunately I know a lot of our HR people who don't see it that way because you know, we're also responsible for all this confidentiality stuff. And uh, they think that they're going to violate some code of ethics of of being friendly with um, other managers in in the company, 
and uh, we can't get out of our silo to do that. So I, I, I think your concept of, of team, there should actually be, you know, if you want to have a, a talent management team, there, there need to be components from everybody on there. So it's, um, uh, you know, uh, but I don't see that very often. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the only purpose to have all of this is to, for performance and productivity. I mean, to support the organization. Sure. So it's alignment of that. So as we move toward that, um, you know, although we're not going to certainly solve this problem today, but in the meantime, um, in helping kind of create that blueprint, what do you, you know, and I'm asked this all the time, so I'm looking, <laughs> asking you for your opinion as well. What do you see as the maybe the top two or three trends right now that HR, we'll call it HR, um, absolutely needs to do? I mean, what, what are the trends that are affecting that beyond the compliance part? I mean, we're not, I'm not talking about functional things that they need to comply with. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, is it candidate experience? Is it predictive analytics? Um, is it implementation of uh, artificial intelligence? You know, what are the trends that are going to force a shift in HR, but it's also going to help solve this problem? Well, I think one of the trends is, is, is not really so much a trend, is it's, it's the reality of demographics. You're getting a new type of worker in the workplace. I read something the other day, and then I tweeted it out that, the, you know, 77 million people in the workforce are millennials. And I'm and, and it was like, why are we surprised about this? I mean, that's just demographics. That's just aging as we go along. We have to, you know, that's a, that's a reality. That's not a trend. And uh, so certainly there has to be some ad, adaptation to what we do to adapt to a new kind of worker who has a new set of skills, um, and, you know, as far as technology is concerned, that has a new set of expectations from the workplace because they grew up in a different environment than what Gen Xers and baby boomers grew up in. You know, they, they have more cooperation. They rely more on the opinions of their, their friends for making decisions. Um, than what you know many of us uh, that are not in that generation do, and uh, you know so we we certainly you know the HR departments that are run by Gen Xers and and baby boomers need to be aware of that adaptation that needs to go, and 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 I think everybody is I don't know how much they're instituting it but there certainly has to be you know aware of it because that, that's why every time you, you see a seminar or a webinar at a, at a conference where they're talking about how do you deal with Millennials the room is packed yeah. um, the the other thing is there I think the HR department needs to be adapted to or aware of is the very very rapid pace of technological change that is going to strip many of their companies of the need to have people doing particular jobs. Um, and if they want to, if they want to serve a role in our company that's going to be strategic, they do need to be aware of that stuff because if if they're not, their company is going to end up falling behind their competitors uh, who are aware of those technological changes. Now we have a 
ready population of, of workers who are very adaptive to um, technology. But what do you do with the people that you've got in place, and how do you how do you retrain them to do other things? And we also have to find, you know, as jobs are replaced, we're going to have to find jobs that can people can do. So whether you do that in your company or whether we do it as a general population or whether that's a, a government role, you know, that's, that's going to depend upon a number of circumstances. Um, so that's that's two things. Um, the other one, again, is not so much a trend as it's going to be a, a demographic fact, is that our workplaces and our employee populations are going to be much more diverse than what they currently are. Um, from, from a racial standpoint, you can have far many more employees who are racially mixed than what we, we have seen in the past. And that mixture of cultures um, is is going to put different demands on the workplace that HR needs to be uh, aware of. So those are probably the, the, the top three things. Um, people are starting to pay attention to uh, and have been paying attention to the, the, the impact of millennials, obvious. Uh, I don't know if they're paying so much attention to the impact of diverse cultures coming into their workplace, though that's been given some you know, lip service as well. And then certainly the impact of technology, we read about it all the time, but how many people are really prepared to deal with it? How many people really have some idea of how their business is going to change in the next five years? Um, that's far fewer people because HR doesn't understand the technology aspects of it. So took a couple notes while you were talking here. One is that in this day and age, we're still talking about age and diversity as issues under the umbrella of talent because talent if you're talking about talent it should be irrelevant of race age gender creed religion oh. it, i mean it goes beyond that because you need people who can do the job and uh, so uh, agreed and that's why we're going to see the replacement by artificial intelligence or robots is because they have the talent to do the job and none of the rest of that stuff, you know, matters. There's there's no distinction between, you know, robot one and robot two and ro you know. Now there may be at some point where we have different kinds of robots, but right now, you know, nobody's going to be concerned about. It. So I, I think that's one of the reasons you're going to see a lot of companies are going to say, wow, why do I want to have to deal with idiosyncrasies of right. of human employees when I can deal with the yeah. no idiosyncrasies of of a machine? So. Yeah, they, unfortunately, they still need people to run those machines somewhat. I mean, somewhat. you know, again, m machine learning, but yeah, I mean, at least initially that they will over the next few years. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just crazy. It, it's almost like it's uh, the issues about discrimination are forcing the hands um, in many ways of companies. But I, I think that's also a scapegoat, but I, it's just like anything else. If their cultures aren't good, um, then a robot is not going to solve the problem. <laughs> but right. I've got other issues oh, there. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, the, the other thing that you brought up with, and this also blows my mind, um, is, you know, I mean, I've written Geek Skeezing, Geek Skeezers and Googleization, do a lot of talking about millennials. I've been one of those people where the room's packed when you talk about it. Um, but millennials are 36 years old. 
Yeah. I mean, millennials aren't the kids that go, well, these kids coming out of school today. No, these kids have been out of school for some of them 16, 18 years. Um, yep. Many of them have the masters and doctorates and are raising families and, are, you know, they're buying the products. And they're 36 years old are the oldest millennials, and they're treated like they're just the young kids on the block. Where Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, the, young, the youngest millennial now, I, I think the youngest millennial now is like 24, 25 years old. You know, yeah, that's probably, yeah, it's they're, probably they're, it, depending on the age. Yeah, I mean, it's 20, right. 20 they're already, 22. They're already in the workplace. So. so so while people are still worried about what do we do with these millennials, now you've got Generation Z, which is not yeah. just a modification of Gen Y. They're just as different as Gen X was you know, from millennials and Gen X was from baby boomers. I mean, now you got Generation Z coming out, and they are truly the digital natives. I mean, they blow yep. away, um, you know, the millennials because, you know, my, my kids are, well, they're on the upper edge. They're, they're actually young Gen X. But, you know, people that are 36 years old grew up with computers, but not the extent of the technology. I mean, the Internet wasn't even available to them when their first 14 years of life. So, you know, that they learned to go online in high school and college. So, yeah, that's, it, it's incredible that, that some of the issues that are considered prime issues are, are really reactionary. Uh, you know, HR is reacting to them. Companies are reacting to them. And we're trying to help people be a bit pro, proactive, which takes it way, way into the future. Right. We're coming up. Um, we've been on the, we've been on the, the, you've been on the phone a while. I want to, um, and I know there's some people that may have some questions or want to contact you, and I'm sure we'll be continuing this conversation quite a bit. Um, but if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way, Mike? The two primary ways via the Internet are going to my website, which is omegahrsolutions.com. The first thing you'll see there is the blog post that I write, which uh, I, I will put a plug in. I'm coming up at the end of this month of having done that for 10 years now and close to 2,000 blog posts on there. And then the other way is on Twitter, and it's just simply at Mike Haberman, M-I-K-E-H-A-B-E-E-R-M-A-N. And that, that'll, that'll, that'll lead you to other contact sources as well, but those are the two primary ones. Yeah, likewise. Um, to people, uh, yeah, it's very easy. To, as I tell people, if, if if you're not on social media, just type my name in and we'll show up somewhere. <laughs> so, and, and, you're, and you're very much the same. Hey, I really appreciate you taking uh, some time out of today to talk about this. I'm not sure we solved any problems, but hopefully we raised enough questions that will help, help people uh, start a conversation and uh, lead toward a much better future for for companies and and also the quality of life for employees sure. and um, and everybody they serve. So I appreciate well, it very much, Mike. Well, if nothing else, they will realize that they are not alone in their puzzlement on how this is going. So yeah, so even from the 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 quote unquote experts, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thanks very much uh, to Mike again, and thanks everyone uh, for for those who listen to the show. Stay tuned for future episodes of Geek Skeezers Googleization. This is Ira Wolf signing off.